What's up, people? MK from the AK coming at you to tell you there's a call to action at the end of this podcast. Please listen through and participate by telling us the moment you knew when you're destined for the trades. More details at the end. For now, welcome. If you're new to the podcast, check out episode 109 for details. Otherwise, it's International Women's History Month, so let's start the celebration with my new friend. This is Callie Sudbrook of Beachside Interiors in Long Beach, California, and you're listening to the Contracting Handbook Podcast with the man who's seen it all, Mike Kenoki. Next time I'm going to charge more because I feel more confident, you know? Make make them wince a little bit. What did your wife think when you made that switch? Because tenure track, blah, 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 insurance, all that good stuff. And now I'm just going to start my own thing and and hope for the best i was a professor i was a strength coach i was a personal trainer i was all these things in the fitness industry right a lot of the jobs that we do whether it's like concrete work or um, cabinetry, you're hunched over a lot. So you're in what's called internal rotation at the shoulder. And staying focused on whatever it is. If you have a trajectory you want to go on, go on it and you'll learn from it. And and you might abandon it completely. Like I abandoned kitchens and baths. And you're over it. I'm over it. I just live my life. You know, I'm, I'm who I am. I'm authentic. I'm, you know, unabashedly Cali. And if someone doesn't like that, like they probably just weren't my people anyway. You know? What was the weirdest expectation that you were given as a child? <laughs> this is so out of left field. I was not prepared for this. I'm starting over. My next guest needs to live by the sea. She's so punctual. She shows up at Home Depot an hour before it opens. Hey, if you're on time, you're late, right? She loves design and material choice. Former contender in the figure competition. From afar, I admire her confidence and assertive nature. With never a hair out of place, her positivity is contagious. And if you're laying tile in her presence, your grout lines better be even. Fair warning. It's the wondrous. Callie Sudbrick of Beachside Interiors out of Long Beach, California. Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, youngin. Mike Kenoki. It is so good to be here. And that was by far the best intro I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You deserve an amazing I, intro. You I are. didn't know I was wondrous. That's that's a new <laughs> adjective. I'm going to tell my wife to tell me you know, I'm wondrous. <laughs> Well, Mike said I was wondrous. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, one of the things I first learned about you uh, is that you, in a previous life, you were a personal trainer. Yes. So you, you came into the trades later. Um, but why would you quit this cush lifestyle where your sweat doesn't even get dirt in it? You just get sweaty and go home. You're, you know, why? It, that's a loaded question. So it was, I was a professor, I was a strength coach, I was a personal trainer, I was all these things in the fitness industry, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I had worked at UC Irvine as a fitness director for 12 years. And as I went on in my career there, you know, trying to, you know, climb that ladder, it was the bureaucracy just got to be so overwhelming that it took all the joy out of that job. You know, it was mm -hmm. like, I loved my students, I loved my coaches and trainers that worked with me and for me. But at the end of the day, it was like the red tape was just sucking the life out of me. And I felt 
kind of dumb because it was like I was so unhappy. And so I kept trying to go back to school and do all these other different things that would, you know, hopefully fill that void of, you know, that I was lacking in terms of having creativity in my job and stuff like that. Um, so it's not that I don't like the fitness industry. I absolutely love it. Obviously, I still post a lot about it on my page, but it just got to a point where it was it was time for me to step away. And that's that's the short and the long <laughs> end of it. And 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 beat your own path. Yeah, absolutely. And and really, I had started remodeling our home, you know, much like a lot of I feel like a lot of women in the trades are kind of having the same experience where, um, you know, we have like our normal job, our career path that we went to the college for and, you know, did all the things. And then, you know, things switch and you start learning all these skills, remodeling your own home. And you're like, I, I really like this. You know, this is mm. a lot of fun. And you get to see the, the tangible uh, results that you build. And, and it's very gratifying. I mean, I don't need to tell you, you know, you, you've done the same thing, kind of went through school and then, you know, did a, a pivot, you know? Yeah. So I think it's common now. Yeah. So um, I think it's pretty common too. And I, I it's really interesting how, how many people I've had on the show that uh, so many people started in a different career, a quote unquote professional career. Exactly. You right. Know, but we are professionals. <laughs> oh, 100% every day. No one can do what we do. We can do what we do. The people that hire us can't. Exactly. So, okay. Um, what did your, this is kind of personal. You don't really have to get deep on it, but like, what oh, did your we're, wife We're going to get what, into it. What did, your, what did your wife think when you went from a more, uh, you, you know, in your other job, you know what's coming in, there's security, um, and that's kind of the boring part of it. Yeah. For uh, for us. But <laughs> right. what, what did your what did your wife think when you made that switch? Because it's a big deal to just go, okay, I've got this cush position. I'm 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 tenure track, blah, 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 insurance, all that good stuff. And now I'm just gonna start my own thing and and hope for the best. Well, I think I've well, okay, she's supported me one thousand percent, a hundred times over, even even more than I've supported myself, you know, in the sense that she's believed in me through and through, um, you know, even when I've doubted myself. And so I literally could not ask for a better partner through that because she trusted my judgment. She trusted my skill. You know, she saw what I did to our house. She saw what I did with other projects. So it was sort of like she could see um, the potential, you know. Um, and, and so it wasn't a matter of, I don't know if you can hack it. It was more of a question of, let's figure out the finances and I'm just going to work my butt off to make sure that we're okay. You know? So like she's been, I mean, just selfless in working overtime if she needs to, you know, picking up extra shifts. I mean, whatever she needs to do to keep us kind of afloat during this time, you know, cause it's a transition period for sure. Um, you know, I had to, you know, go to her insurance and switch onto that, which I've like never not had a salary. I've never not had insurance. I've never not had all these things, you know, like my, my new thing is I don't have a retirement yet. So, you know, there, there's things that I want to get back to for our financial security. But overall, it's been um, huge because she just saw how unhappy I was, which is ironic because she works in the public service sector and she has a thankless job. And, you know, here I am complaining about my my cushy fitness job. Like, I don't like it anymore, you know, and it, it kind of felt um, a little selfish. But at the end of the day, she's just supported me through and through. So 
I'm great. I'm very grateful. That's fantastic. Um, and you know, I, I'll go back to it. This, this giving up the salary is, is a big deal. I mean, that's a big choice because you, you work so hard to go all that way, to go all that direction. And then you're like, you wake up one day and you're like, uh, uh, like, cannot, cannot, cannot. Well, it's crazy. There was another lady that was uh, actually, you know, she was one of my clients at the university and she was leaving also because of all the bureaucracy and it just got to be too much for her. And she's like, you know, the thing that they do really well is they give you the golden handcuffs, you know, because it's like <laughs> <laughs> they want they, they keep you there with all these, you know, you know, pensions and this and that. And it's like it makes you stay even though you're so miserable. And I just didn't want to get caught up in that. You know, I wanted to go out and, and carve a life for us. And knowing my skill set and knowing that I'm going to tackle anything I can to the best of my abilities. And I'm, you know, I'm a mover and a shaker. I'm a doer. I get things done, you know? So I, I had at least that belief in myself to know we're going to be okay. It might take, you know, two to three years to get to that point, but we're going to be okay. Um, for some reference here, how long have you been, how long has Beachside Interiors been open? <clears throat> okay. What is today's date? Today is the 19th. So it's going to be one year and six days. Can you believe oh, that? That's cool. I I know. Uh, that's very cool. Um, so I have some questions coming off that. But I just spoke with Ella Starr yesterday, who I interviewed one week after she opened last year. Nice. So she's coming up on one year. She's, you know, you guys are right, right in the same boat there. It's a trend. Um, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, back to, okay, so you're just starting out. How are you going to, I mean, you've already had this career where there was pressure, you had meetings, you had to deal with other big egos and cause university systems. It's crazy. Yeah. Like there's way too but, many people that get paid way too much money and they don't do a darn thing. Right. And they think they're God's gift to earth. Uh, right. It's terrible. So you had, you already had like major work stuff to carry home at night. But being a contractor, there's a lot of wheels and spins still. I mean, when you compare the two, is it is it harder or easier mentally so far? You know what? I think or is it just different? It, it's different, but the same, because this is the thing. Um, I was constantly taking care of my team and the people that worked for me and making sure that they were okay, um, you know, mentoring them, all the things, you know, that like made my job really fun. You know, like I liked, um, you know, helping the people that, that worked with me. And so at the end of the day, it's like my clients are kind of now that, you know, they, they hold that placeholder now. So whatever I can do to get the job done, to make them happy, um, and, and to deliver excellence to them, you know, like I, I've already, uh, you know, there's evidence of me doing that in my university job. And now I'm just basically sort of recreating that same wheel, but in a different industry. So mm -hmm. in that sense, I think it's, it's been, um, you know, obviously there's the unique challenges of, of this specific industry, but like, I was always, always like, oh, I'd hit like a brick wall in my last career. And then it's like, okay, um, time to figure out how a different way to do this time to figure out something different, you know? So I'd have to pivot and go a different route, um, to kind of like, you know, avoid some bureaucracy or whatever, you know? So it's like, I'm used to having to pivot. I'm used to having to problem solve. And so none mm. of that has changed. It's actually prepped me really, really well for this. Yes. That's something that I, I think is really important 
um, to think. Of, I've got so many questions about where th this direction right now from this direction, but um, the previous experience coming into con into contracting for me was at first it was like, oh man, I, I, I was a cook. I was a, you know, I, I did field work, you know, studied wildlife, did all these different things, substitute taught radio DJ, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on, right? And, and yeah. The list goes on. It's, it's, it's kind of, some people can't believe it, but um, you've had a good life. It's been interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> with those skills, this, oh, and guiding and the skills I gained with people of all walks of life are huge as a general contractor, because you're dealing with people from all walks of life and you have to set so many things aside. You have to focus on what it, it what the project is and it's easy to get lost in the weeds. Oh yeah. But that, experience in other fields i think really helped me laser focus my conversations with my clients well this is the crazy thing so being a, a trainer you know it's like obviously i did many different things within the fitness realm but um you know i was still dealing with clients even towards the end of my my job which was mostly a desk job at that point but you know it's like going in fitness um you do something called a needs analysis with every client so you figure out you know exactly what it sounds like what the heck do they need do they need mobility do they need to work on their posture do they need to work on their strength you know upper body lower body do they have some sort of weird weakness you know um so you're trying to figure out all these things right without them actually telling you what they want or need you know like you mm -hmm. kind of have to figure it out and survey the situation and watch them move and so literally working with clients is the exact same thing i'm doing a mm -hmm. needs analysis of what they want in their home or in that space that I'm doing for them. And sometimes, I mean, you've experienced this so many times, I'm sure, like people don't tell you exactly what they want or need. And so you got to figure it out and you have mm -hmm. to really get inside their head to figure out like their aesthetic, their desires, you know, what's important to them. So literally that set me, I think, ahead in the, in the game because it's like, I know how to deal with those things already. Yeah. You know, I, that's cool. Uh, that's a, that's a, cool analogy you know i when i talked to michael anchel uh in like a year ago i talked about i love how, michael but we'll, we'll talk about that later he's oh amazing. michael yeah he's so wonderful <laughs> but so are you mike don't, don't worry i sing both of your praises um no i, I I'm, I'm joking but uh but the thing for me with guiding in particular was i had to i would get clients for five to seven days and in the first few hours of meeting them there might be 20 of them on one trip with one other guide i kind of had to figure out what what they were after for their trip their one-time trip to alaska yeah and it like has to so dreamed of right right so it has to be stellar for all 20 people <laughs> and it's up to me and the other guide really because it's not just about what they're seeing it's about us and our experience and who we are but but I only had a short period of time to to hone in on those things. And then and then I had to, like, parse out anything else. Like if if politics came up, it can poison the well for the whole trip. Oh, and it happened on one trip. And and then there was fighting. And it was like, you guys are in Alaska. Stop. Like, yeah. let this go. Like, look at what's around you right now. Exactly. You know? and, and, yeah. and but but that but that really. Um, I was actually, uh, I was already a GC when I was guiding. It was just like my fun side stuff. Yeah, and, for sure. um, and, 
it really, it really helped me. It really guided me into talking to my, my construction clients, my remodel clients in a, in a more concise manner for sure. And not even that, but you do a lot of, you know, work with subs. I'm, I'm getting to that point, but even mm. just working with them and figuring out like, you know, what's important to them as well. Like, do they want to get in, get out? You know, do, are they trying to do a really good job? I don't know. You know, what do they need tools? I don't know. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. So they better not need, they better have their own tools. <laughs> right? I have yeah. had to lend, the minute you lend a sub a tool, you got to reconsider that relationship. Yeah. I've not <laughs> been in that situation, but <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay. So let's continue kind of on the fitness path, but towards other people. Yeah. Now in the trades, we take a beating some trades more than others, but the thing about it is it's repetitive. It's very one-sided. Um, and, and one of the things that I've always heard people say for 25 years is I go to the gym every day at work. Why do I need to go to a gym? And, and you know, the, the workout, yeah, you get a workout every day, but as you get older, that one-sided workout, works your spine it works your it, you know your your right side if you're right if you're right-sided or right, you're right-handed it's totally so um the the thing about it is it's time consuming yeah to do fitness outside of work and it so, takes a more mental energy and bandwidth than maybe you have on a certain day too you know yeah there's that so how how does it how do we make it more accessible like what would you recommend? What would you tell someone if they wanted to just do something? So this is also a loaded question, but this is the thing. So um, my my very last position, I was called the Work Strong Program Director, which doesn't mean a thing to anybody else. But basically, what I what my job was is I had a, a team of you know dietitians, massage therapists, personal trainers, and coaches. And we would get a client who had been injured on the job at work. So they could be from like facilities. And a lot of those guys were just like you and I, they're, you know, HVAC guys, they're, um, you know, hanging drywall, they're doing all these trades and they'd be, you know, be injured on the job. So they would get sent to us through an occupational health doctor and we'd have to basically like rehab them. So what's going on with that is like, you know, we're, we're trying to get through to these guys like, hey, you, you have to do more, like you said, than just your job. You know, I know it's heavy labor. I know it's heavy work. But um, at the end of the day, you know, without getting too far into the weeds on like the technical side of things, but I know some people on the on this podcast might actually enjoy this. So when um, you, you know, a lot of the jobs that we do, whether it's like concrete work or um, cabinetry, you're hunched over a lot. So you're in what's called internal rotation at the shoulders. Okay. You're also, um, you know, your back is hunched over, you know, your abs are getting weak and they're sort of electronically shutting off because you're not using them properly. So a lot of things are going on muscularly. And then over time, like, let's say you're doing this for like 10, 15, 20 years, those muscles just get atrophied or weak. And then the muscles that you're using constantly are sort of taking on the brunt of the force when they really shouldn't be. And so, um, you know, there's the the advice I have is kind of twofold. So number one, if you can at all work on what's called the posterior chain, do that. And so what that is, it's basically the postural muscles. It's everything, the neck, the shoulders, the 
lower back, the glutes, the hamstrings, all of that, that needs to be your focus because guess where we are? We're here. I know people can't see when they're listening, but they're hunched, right? And then we need to bring you back this way. So chest up, um, you know, just better posture. And then at the end of the day, the other thing, the other second piece of advice I have is, you know, there's, there's this fine balance between like getting it done and like, you know, doing it at all costs, like no excuses, like there's that mentality, but then there's also the mentality of like, do what you can when you can, you know, um, there are some weeks when I don't hit the gym once and, and it's like, I've had a heavy, heavy week, you know, I'm just lifting heavy stuff. Maybe I've done some demo, although I've started to hire a crew for that, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, there's, there's, it comes that point where, um, you just have to do, you know, let's say you have a slower day, a slower week, go to the gym then and don't overdo it either. Do enough to kind of push that needle forward, but you have to do both. Your job is not enough to keep you physically fit. It's going to run you into the ground. So you have to do something to combat those forces and the torque on your body and all these things. You absolutely have to, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but it has to be something. So I'm sorry, that was a very long-winded answer, but I'm very passionate about it, as you can tell. Yeah, well, I, I, I need someone passionate to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm no expert, but I've learned a lot about my own health in the last five years. I've really focused on on learning more about it, not just doing. You know, in my 30s, I could go to the gym part of the year and, and my body's still fit, like... It wasn't an issue. I, I could work all summer, you know, when I biked and, you know, hiked and stuff. And so, yeah. so there was some, there were some things balancing out, but getting older, definitely. Um, I've needed to do some research on <laughs> how I need to stretch and how I actually need to work out what my diet needs to be, right. uh, what I, what my, what my macro intake is and all that every day, because, um, I think that's another thing that we overlook a lot as builders is our intake. And, oh, 100%. And we definitely tend to eat way too many carbs. And I'm not like going to go off on some carb diet thing. I'm just saying what I'm what I am going to say is we don't get enough protein to maintain our muscle mass. And that's I think a bigger deal than anything. Yeah. And, and not just that, it's, it's the crap food. It's the, you know, oh, all yeah. the sugar. It's like, I am in no way like anti-sugar or anything like that, but it's like, there's a time and place for everything, you know? And so everything has to be in mod moderation and it's unfortunate. It's like you're, you know, high stress, you're working like a dog. And the last thing you want to do is think of like trying to be healthy and trying to get to the gym. But um, you, I, I, this may be a little biased, but in my opinion, I've seen a lot of very successful people in the trades who are also fit. Um, they do remarkable work. And I don't think it's a coincidence. You know, I think that um, if someone cares enough about, you know, their body, they're also probably going to care about their work as well. Um, so I think there's something to that. Not always. Um, and, and then the thing of injury, like you said, you know, you and, um, you know, John Hilgenberg were talking about injury on the job. And it's like, you know, this is the thing. And lots of people have said this, you know, our bodies are what make us money. So what, you know, you, and by you, I mean like everyone listening to this, what you need to do is think of how can I get longevity out of this career? And unfortunately slash fortunately, the way to do that is to take care of your body, you know, um, whether that's nutritionally, 
um, physically, it, it's really all the above getting enough sleep. Sleep's another thing, you know? Um, so it, it's just gotta be done. Gotta do it. Yeah. Diet, stress, and sleep are, should be, hang on. Mike's over here hacking up a lung, everybody, just so you know. Oh no, he really is. Okay. So I'll take it from here. So yes, diet, exercise, and sleep. You absolutely have to dial those in. In fact, um, little anecdote here while you're still hacking up a lung. Sorry about that, Mike. Um, looks like you're really suffering there. <laughs> but I had a, a guy, he's an um, electrician in the area. He's a, pr a pretty well-known big-time electrician. But he you know, hit me up and he's like, you know, what do I do about the sleep factor? And it's like, I mean, I should honestly make like a reel or a video about this because just winding down your day when you get home at the end of the day, it's important to have a routine, obviously. So like you can't just like get home, you know, unload the van or your truck and like go straight to bed. You know, it's like it's got to be a process and just something as simple as that sleep. You know, there's there's also a lot of uh, research on like breathing, like the way that you breathe, you know, is either counterproductive or, you know, advantageous to your life. It's crazy. Like, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but there's, you know, for anyone listening to this, hit me up. Like, I welcome any conversation about like health, fitness. If you need specific exercises to do, I'm happy to help. Just like DM me and I will like, let me know, like, hey, I'm having this specific injury or this problem. Um, let me know. I'll help you through it. So I, I absolutely love doing it. And if you can't tell, I'm smiling because it's like, I just, you know, it's, I, I love two things, you know, I love creating stuff and I love, you know, building things and building things means building bodies as well. So I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's not cheesy at all. And, um, and what I was going to say before I started having that cough attack, as I get over this cold, um, is that one of the things I now try to emphasize with all this hindsight and all the mistakes I've made is that when I was organizing my business, I did not think about diet, stress, and sleep. And it really, it, as I got more stressed out, my diet went downhill yeah. and I slept less. And it's a, it's a positive feedback loop and it just snowballs. Oh, absolutely. And in 2016, I was at probably the worst, the least healthy I've ever been. I was making money and that was it. Like I, I, I realized at the end of that year, am I, am I trading like my health to have more money? Yes, you were. <laughs> so, and I was absolutely. Yeah. So I had to, I had to go backwards and strike a balance and it took some time because well, I'm still really busy. I'm still trying to work through all this stuff and I'm going backwards to, to, to get to somewhere I should have been a long time before. So and the last thing I'll say about this is what I love about regular exercise is just the mental acuity that I get. You know, I am, I'm on it. I'm sharp. Totally. If you I mean, get the blood going in the morning, it's just so much better for your day. You know, and it doesn't even have to be in the morning necessarily, but just in general, getting that, you know, the endorphins going, you know, there's so many positive hormonal balance uh, things that happen in the body that are beneficial to you, not just in that moment, but the next day, um, for your life, you know, I mean, 
talking about brain health and things like that, like it all matters. It all factors in and we have to be sharp. You know, we're, we're thinking on our feet, we're problem solving. Um, it, it all plays a factor. I feel like I'm going off on a fitness soapbox here. Don't get me started. Look what you did, no, like We we we're good. We I mean, we might have lost like a couple listeners. <laughs> Hopefully not. I mean, <clears throat> fitness is boring, right? No, it's not. It's super important. It so, can be, but I try to keep it fun. Right. You do. And and um it's one of the things I like about your feed and there's one uh post in particular that struck me is you showed an exercise that you're doing and then you immediately went to lifting cabinets and it was the same movements yeah you were using the same movements to lift the cabinet and and that was super cool because uh lifting boxes is at one little tweak and your back is out mm-hmm. and it sucks it sucks <laughs> for the rest of the week or maybe two weeks Right. Or it turns into some nagging thing and you're like, man, how did I get here? You know? So, um, the, the technique in the gym directly translates to the job every time. Yeah. Okay. So let's move to, um, your current projects. I, I I saw the dope cocktail trailer. (laughs) Yes. That was Um, so much fun. Yeah. That looked like a fun project. Um, any callbacks on that? I'm just kidding. I know, right? <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not yet. Um, so what are you, what are you doing now? <clears throat> so I'm doing like one-off spaces that are a little bit, uh, I guess you could say unique or non-traditional. So a lot of people are doing these like design and build firms and I'm not there yet. You know, I, I might never be, but you know, for right now, so the, the current job I'm on is a, it's a garage and I'm turning it into a fitness studio for them and a slash laundry room. So, you know, just trying to make use of a space that they, they can't pull their cars in. It's a weird space. And so they Mm. might as well. And they're, (laughs) what's crazy. Um, all of my clients have been colleagues and I I keep saying my past life, it sounds kind of weird, but it it truly does feel like a past life. You know, um, all of the colleagues that I worked with for all these years, you know, 12 plus years at the university at two different universities. Um, I taught at Cal state Fullerton and I, I worked, you know, full time at UCI. So it's like all the people that I networked and created bonds and friendships with are my clients now. So it's, I'm doing like a lot of like cool things like fitness spaces, um, and they just know my work ethic from working with me in another field. So it directly translates to what I'm doing now. So they, they kind of throw me the gamut like, hey, I want this thing done. Can you do it? And it's like, yeah, let's make it happen. So um, it's not like I, I don't want to keep doing just the one off things. Um, you know, I definitely want to grow and, and build the business, but you got to start somewhere. You know, um, I'm, I'm trying to just bite off as much as I can chew at this point. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I, I that's you. You're taking this in the exact direction I was wondering because you're a, a one woman show right now. <clears throat> Do you want for the most want, part? Yeah. You want to hire? Oh yeah, you hire. You said you hire a demo crew. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I yeah, I'm like I don't. Up. I don't want to do that stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what do you? What would you ultimately like to see? Well, this is the thing. I'm so new and so green um, that I want to do it all. And I know that's not feasible. Like I I know eventually I have to niche down, but I know I love carpentry and cabinetry and I know I love tile. So wherever that takes me, I'm open to it. You know, I don't want to close myself off and say, 
well, I only want to go this specific direction and that's it because things change. You meet people, you meet mentors, you know, people have a positive impact. Maybe you have a negative experience doing something and it's like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. So um, I can't say, I really, truly cannot say, I just know that I want to focus on the non-traditional, the unique, um, you know, the creative spaces because that's where I find the most joy. You know, everyone in the industry can bang out a kitchen or a bathroom and make it look beautiful, you know? Well, the people that are listening to this podcast can. <laughs> There's people that probably will struggle with that. But at the end of the day, it's like everyone's doing that. And and I'm not saying like I need to be like special or, or unique or anything, but it's I, I do want to do something with my brand that sets me apart. And that is um, those specialty things, you know, some some sort of mobile, you know, vintage mobile bar that I did or a, a mobile barbershop and a sprinter van. Yeah, it's, it's not um, contracting, but it's contracting adjacent, it's building, it's designing, it's all the things. And I just really, God, I just, I love doing all that stuff. And what are you, what are you doing to kind of uh, market to, to push it in a certain direction? I'm really not marketing right now because if I did, like I, I can barely keep up with the jobs that I have right now in terms of the people asking me to do things. So it's just like, I, I, I don't know where that's going to go either. You know, again, mm -hmm. um, hopefully people who are wanting to get into this can listen to this and go, okay, she doesn't quite know what she's doing yet, <laughs> but that's okay. Like I'll figure it out. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not worried about it. It's, it's just a matter of, where opportunities take me and yeah and I, I i'll i'll chime in and say that many times i thought i'm going this way and i'm <laughs> yeah. i'm you know once i get my mind once i've got a target i'm just charging i get tunnel vision a little bit not as much now as before but um i thought my business was going to go in several different directions and where it wound up is where I wanted to be ultimately, but isn't that cool? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm. I, I wouldn't take anything back. I, I wouldn't take anything I've done back. Maybe some of the things I've said <laughs> to certain people, I would definitely like to take some of those back. But, um, but just working hard and staying focused on whatever it is. If you have a trajectory you want to go on, go on it. And you'll learn from it and and you might abandon it completely like i abandoned kitchens and baths a couple really? of years ago yes yes done and <laughs> over it i'm over it and and there's nothing wrong with kitchens and baths they are lucrative it's good work um it, it they're they can be super fun it's just that i'm done with it and because i'm done with it there's more opportunity for someone else Exactly. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying, hey, you do it. He yeah. wants some here. Wants some referrals. Like, boom, there, yeah, I got them. If something doesn't bring you joy anymore, it's like why keep you know trudging through it and, and trying to make yourself happy. I mean, just keep keep following your joy. I think. I mean, yeah. I know it's easier said than done, but you know, it's uh, it's a good uh, good way to live. I think. Okay. So. Um, LGBTQ in construction. Is there are there are there issues for you? I'm gonna only speak for myself, um, okay. because 
this is the thing. I think it's a matter of perspective. You know, if, if you think the world is against you, the world is going to be against you. If you think people don't like you or have a problem with you because you're gay, they're probably going to have a problem with you because you're gay. But um, I just live my life. You know, I'm, I'm who I am. I'm authentic. I'm, you know, unabashedly Cali. And if someone doesn't like that, like they probably just weren't my people anyway, you know. So I, I personally don't have any issues in the industry, nor have I. I've worked in, if you think about it, two male-dominated professions. Fitness, you know, it's just a, a big boys club. You know, I'm grunting in the gym with dudes. And then, uh, you know, now contracting. So I've never had a problem. Like no one has given me, can I say the S word on here? Sure. No, no, no one's giving me crap, okay? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, I think it boils down to your mindset big time. And that's probably not the, the answer that uh, people are looking for, or I'm sure I'm going to get burned at the stake alive for saying that in some groups, but it's just, I can only speak from my own experience. And that has been my experience. Well, a lot of the people I've had on the show that, you know, I bring up women in construction and you know, nobody's really had some big issues. Brittany Farrow had some issues, um, but but no one said, I want special conditions. Everyone's just like, whatever, this is yeah. life. Yeah. So, um, so <clears throat> having said that, so there's there's no issues in construction for anybody. There's, there's the construction community accepts everybody. <laughs> No, I, I think there's definitely, um, you don't see it a lot. You know, I, I think it's a very heterosexual dominated field, but at the end of the day, like, I don't, I don't know if that's because it's exclusionary or if it's just because, like, I, I don't know the reason why I couldn't tell you. And, and that's the thing. I'm like the worst person to ask about this. Cause I'm not like all up in the gay culture and, you know, using pronouns and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I know about it. I'm aware of it. And I can respect somebody else, you know, and meet them where they're at. If they want a pronoun, cool, you know, tell, tell it to me, let me know. Um, but I, I think it, what it boils down to, you know, maybe for some of the people that are listening to the podcast and don't have any um, familiarity with like gay culture or working with anyone who's gay um, or in the LGBTQ community, there's it's okay to be curious, um, you know, and, and it's okay to be confused. Like, hell, half the time I'm confused by stuff. I'm scratching my head like, okay, I, I don't get that, but okay, like, you do you, you know? <laughs> like, if you're, having, if you're living your best life, go for it. Um, but I, I think it boils down to, like, the curiosity factor. You know, you can be confused about someone's lifestyle, um, but also curious at the same time. You can be confused by it, but also still be kind, you know? Um, so I think that goes a long way. It's, it just boils down to, you know, being open, being curious and, and not being a jerk, you know? What about lazy people? Uh, the worst. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm, that's my only bigotry. Yes. Same. I worked with someone for 12 years who was <laughs> the laziest person. And it's like, ah, uh, that irks me more than anything. Oh, you lasted 12 years next to a lazy person. That's pretty badass. That's See, how I you... broke my own rules. <laughs> how so? <laughs> I just swore. 
This is supposed to be family family friendly oh. podcast. <laughs> At the least only... it wasn't me. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you know um, I'm, dro I'm dropping those F-bombs left and right usually. I'm pretty foul. Unless the client's around. It's bad. I, I grew up same, but it's just the way I grew up. Yeah. Me um, too. So where did you grow up? I grew up in lots of, well, not lots of places, Upland, California, which is like the Inland Empire technically of, of uh, SoCal, but I moved down to Fullerton for school and then to Irvine for work. And so I've just kind of been in Orange County for probably the last 15 years of my life. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So what are your greatest challenges as a small business builder? You know, and, I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. What are you doing about it? Um, I'm doing a sh crap ton <laughs> of networking um, because that's, that's the thing. You know, I was constantly networking in, you know, my previous job and it was like, it, it, it got me ahead, you know, and not in like a um, stepping on people kind of way, but just it, it really opened doors of opportunity. It got me to meet some amazing people, some great mentors. And so that's exactly what I'm doing right now. There's not a whole lot I can do when um, I'm just working these one small jobs at a time. It's just me pretty much unless I hire out for a couple, you know, odds and ends here and there. Like, you know, I have an electrician. I've got the demo crew. Um, basically, all the stuff I, I can't do because I'm not like licensed to do so or um, because my I, I don't know if you probably aren't familiar, but California has a new license called the B2 remodeling license. So I can remodel any space, but I can't do new framing. I can't do electrical if, unless it's just like minor electrical stuff, you know, minor plumbing, but anything beyond that scope, I, I really need to hire out. But um, long story short, I'm, I'm just like, for example, I, I met with um, Cerritos Woodworking. Cerritos uh, is a community college near my home. And they have an amazing woodworking facility. I went and toured the facility, met with the students, met with the professors, and was just like, hey, I'm not quite there yet to hire, but I will be, um, you know, within the next year. And I'm going to probably want some of you on my team, you know, whether it's part-time, full-time. So it's just, you know, doing those things to get myself out there. It might turn up, you know, I might go nowhere with that, that lead or that opportunity, but at least I'm just doing the work now, the legwork to sort of, um, you know, open those doors and, and I don't know, that's all I can do at this point. Um, California has more laws than most places. And yeah, I'm, curious, I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious, doesn't matter what party you are part of. There's too many laws. Um, too many. So are there, I mean, there's no regulation where I live. They say there is, but there's no one driving. There's no one driving around. OSHA drives around the city once in a while, and you know when they're in town. Really? Tells everybody. But that's hilarious. But, but there's no real regulation. Um, so are, are are there like inspectors driving around? Can you get caught framing? And they'll be like, no, you know, right? You know. This is the thing. I, I've done all of that in my own home, obviously, as like a, right. an owner builder. You know, no one's going to stop me from doing that. And I've that's done the, it. In, I, that's an irony of all these regulations, too. I know, isn't if it? If you don't it's have like, a license, you can do anything. It's so backwards. But <laughs> this is the thing. Like, I was just on a job doing a home office, and I had to open up a wall and, you know, add in a receptacle. You know, like, I just extended it, like, five feet over. It's like, technically... I shouldn't even be saying this. Probably someone's going to come find me out, but no, I, I shouldn't have done it. But like, 
am I able, do I have the knowledge to do so? Yes. You know, um, if it got compl complicated and it was some convoluted problem when I opened the, the wall, obviously I would call an electrician and get someone who's an expert to fix that issue. But it's, just, it's something that's super straightforward, you know, um, patch the wall right up and we're good to go. Yeah, I, I, I always did everything when I started out. I was thinking about that last night, like mud, <laughs> tape, hanging rock, like all that. But it was there was something very satisfying about it. I'll only do that kind of thing on my own house now, but yeah, there was something very satisfying about going into someone's house for two or three weeks and just completely transforming something and having done every single bit of it myself. That's what I like. And people probably think I'm so crazy. It's like someone just commented, they're like, do you do everything? It's like, yeah, I do because I truly enjoy it. And I'm still honing my craft. Like I'm not an expert in any one thing yet. And so it's like, I want to dabble and I want to do everything because I want to figure out what I'm good at. I want to figure out what I'm, you know, fastest at. And I want to figure out like, let's say I have a crew down the line and one of them are sick. I want to be able to jump in and mud the wall. Like, you know, it's nobody's business. So uh, it's, it's just comes down to a general curiosity, but also like a CYA later on, like just in case, like I know how to do this, you know? So <clears throat> Mike's up uh, hacking along again. Oh, He's back. No, I'm back. I'm, it's hacked. Um, I, I'm like the the like when there's like inter interruptions of like radios, you know, it's like you're the perfect guest. You like fill the yes. gaps. You are you are totally engaged. I have lots to um, talk about. <laughs> and I have the least experience out of probably all Ten your people. Four. So oh. uh, but that life experience is there. And that's the thing that I really want. I, I've always really wanted to broadcast to people is that you have experience as a contractor, but your other life experience really contributes to it because the business side is the life experience. Yes. You're, you got to, you, the first thing you have to have is skills to do your, to do your work. But the rest of it is a whole different set of dynamics. And it's, it's I don't want just, to say the work is easy because it's not, we all know that we've, we've been yeah, in not, the field I'm and, and yeah, no one's saying it's easy, but I think, the harder part is the back end stuff because no one teaches you that stuff. You don't learn that stuff. Like even, even as a program director at a big university, I saw a budget once a year and it was always like smoke and mirrors. It was like, well, we don't really know what's going on. And so it's like, they didn't, you know, I wasn't prepared for that aspect, the business side of stuff. And so it's like, I've probably learned more from listening to your podcast from all the people, you know, the Spencer Lewis, the John Hilgenberg, the Rachel Taylors, you know, just learning about um, sort of their take on it, their perspective and, and the business side. And obviously, Michael, I mean, I know we haven't gotten to him yet, but he's been um, just a huge, huge help in, in my progress and just getting my business set up the right way. Like you need people, you need mentors. Absolutely. I'm giving myself a little pat on the back right now. Oh, um, 100%. Um and I, I want to say, I wrote that, you know, five-star review and, you know, I want, I want to hear that I was the best five-star review because like I it, named it all those podcasts that I loved and listened to. And like, truly, I'm, I'm not just saying this, it has it, like helped my business a hundredfold, you know? I'm so glad to hear you, that. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. And I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, 
for you guys listening, that is uh, that did not usher Callie onto the show. We no, it didn't. That was after we had talked. We've about the talked. Show. We've been talking. If we took all of our conversations and made a podcast, it would probably be ten hours long. Oh, at least easily. Yeah. So um, it's been it's been really fun uh, getting to know you and becoming friends. Getting to know this young punk, as you call me. Yep. (laughs) That you are. Um, I I am. Okay, so you're mostly working with people you know. Yeah. So do you have to give them estimates? I do. Because I think it's good practice. And, um, you know, I've worked with Michael to to do, um, to work with Clear Estimates, which is an estimating software, and, and be very transparent about my pricing. And the second I started doing that, I became very, very confident in my pricing to where I, I don't know if it's a female thing, like worrying, like, I wonder if people are going to think I'm ripping them off or like worrying, like if they're going to think it's too much money. But if I can be more transparent with my pricing and say, this is exactly the breakdown of every little thing that goes into this project, and they start to realize the gravity of the situation, no one's going to question me. And not like I did get questioned at all, but it's like, it's more of like a, a personal thing. Like I want to make sure I'm being thorough so that, um, you know, if, if you're confident with what you're bringing to the table, the client is also going to be confident. And it goes back to like training. Like if I didn't know what the heck I was doing and it's like, I was second guessing all the exercises I was choosing, the client probably wouldn't be too motivated to, to do it, you know? So it, it yeah. just all goes back to being confident about what you're bringing to the table. I think. Absolutely. The confidence is such a big deal. I'm sure I blew so many, <laughs> so many deals at the beginning because I didn't sound confident. Yeah. Even though I knew what I was doing, I didn't sound confident about aspects of it, pricing or whatever. And Exactly. Um, it's tough. It is. And so are you charging hourly because you're less experienced in terms of how long a project might take? Ooh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> are you charging enough? Because these are high rollers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not. I mean, these people that I've been working for for the last year, you know, they're um, some friends, but mostly like, you know, adjacent friends, clients, you know, colleagues sort of thing. Um, they're getting a great deal right now because I'm doing an excellent job, but probably still not paying or asking or charging what I should be. But that's OK. Um, you know, I, I'm part of that is just, again, building that confidence, like knowing like, OK, I could do this project. And I did it for this much. Um, I didn't make a whole lot of money on it, but next time I'm going to charge more because I feel more confident. You know, make make them wince a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Make them. Mm. The the good thing is I I am making a profit, but it's definitely not where I should be. If that makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's the learning curve that comes along with it. So I'm 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 comfortable with where I'm at because I've. I've only progressed from where I started. You know, I think an important thing to do in that position too is I think you should be charging more with with everything you're comfortable with. And if there's something that you have to learn, some new skill or you're you're dealing with something you've never dealt with before, then you can take a step back and go, okay, I need to learn something. I'm not charging for this time I'm putting into learning, prepping. Um, sorry, the coughing fit is coming back. I'm trying to mute. Oh, no. <laughs> it gets too loud. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, like recognizing kind of where that balance is, you know, it's like there are things where I'm like, oh, I'll knock that out of the park easy. And then there's other things that, you know, maybe I've only done once or maybe I've never done before, but I've done something very, very similar. So, you know, there, there's always going to be this uh, misalignment of like the amount of time it takes me to do that said new thing, you know, uh, versus what I, I charge the client for. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for instance, if you were installing like a, a wall hanging toilet, you've never done one before. Right. And you know? I haven't. So, yeah. So there's a lot of time staring. <laughs> yeah. As in you planning. Job, and... right? You stare at the box, you open up, you put everything out, you stare, you yep. stare at the wall, you read, you stare. And measure 10,000 really, times. Yeah. You can't really charge for all that time if it's a new a totally new experience to you too. Cause that like that to me, that's like tuition. Right. You, you're, you're, you're School putting of your hard knocks, head. right. As you like to say, hard knocks, baby. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> so we all got to We all got to go to that school. Absolutely. Um, so you're not really marketing yet, but do you have a Google, my business page? I have a Google page. I have a web page. I have an Instagram. So I'm doing all the things right. Uh, but are you getting your are you getting your clients to write you five-star reviews for that GMB page? I got to be more like Mike Kenoki on that one. And, and really, I've had so many balls in the air to juggle where it was like, I didn't even have time to think about reviews because it was like, I was literally going from job to job to job with my hair on fire, you know? Mm -hmm. So now I'm finally at the point where I feel comfortable um, kind of doing the back end stuff a little bit more. And I am, I'm having more time to do so where I can go back to those clients and be like, Hey, can you write that review? Um, cause I've asked for like referrals from clients and they're like 100% any day I would, you know, talk to anybody you want to send me, you know, uh, that, that needs to hear about your work. I will, you know, show them pictures. I'll let them come over and check it out. You know? So it's like all of my clients have been like truly, truly amazing. And, um, like really they want to do anything they can to help because they see, where I'm going and they see the level of work that I'm putting in and stuff like that. So it, it would be, all I have to do is just ask and they would be right there. It is. And I'm going to tell you this, that when I caught on to the, how important the GMB page is, I ran, like I ran Google ads once when I, when I was really trying to draw a business cause I had, I had a crew and it was insanely, it was terrible. It was just tire kickers. It was people asking how much I charge per hour and I've got yep. a company, I've got a crew and I'm like, no, but the GMB page started paying dividends because people were leaving five-star reviews and you, it increases your, uh, your, your, like your, your, visibility. your visibility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So I started texting my clients. I would say, Hey, would you consider writing a favorable review for straight ahead construction? And some people wouldn't respond and some would, some people are shy. I don't, you can't, you can't question people's motives. Of course. But, some people just aren't good with words. You know, they feel kind of weird. Like, what do I say? You know? Exactly. So people are just quiet. Some people just want to be quiet, especially where I live, Alaska. It's like, people yeah. are like, leave me alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get out of my house uh, and um, hurry up, go. I want my privacy back. But, um, but what I learned from Kyle Hunt, Remodels on the Rise, one of my favorite yeah, podcasts. Yeah. Um, Kyle suggests saying, will you do me a favor? Just point blank, send Ooh. that to your client and wait. And pretty much 90% of the time, they're going to write back and say, sure. Like, what's up? Right. And you say, hey, will you? Then you send them the link that goes directly to the reviews. And boom, you get one. 
That's awesome. It is because they want to help hop on it. When your people, when you, when your clients love you, they want to help you. They want other people to know. And when you, when someone who doesn't really have a good lead or doesn't trust their friends to ask about their contractor or her a bad story just goes on the internet and then they see that five people they know left you a review. Yeah. I mean, it's a done deal. It's done. Yeah. And I, I guess I haven't felt the need to do it yet because all of my colleagues, I mean, they're referring me to their friends now, you know? So it's like, they're either having me come back to do work at their homes or they're referring me to their friends. Yeah. And so it's like, man, I, I really don't need to, but it does set a good precedence to have that presence and visibility online so that, you know, people can check out my website all they want, but I don't have reviews on my website. They want to see and hear what other people are saying, you know, that's right. not through my lens, you know, through my perspective, they want to see, did I keep a clean job site? Did I, you know, do what I say I was going to do? So, and those aren't the things that they're going to find on my website. Right. Exactly. No, it's, 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 it's pretty critical. And, and I'm going to go off here a little bit. People, people keep saying word of mouth is everything and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's not anymore. I don't, I don't care. People still say where I live. It's just all word of mouth. And I'm like, well, sure, there's a lot to word of mouth. But some of your friends will refer a crappy friend that they don't know yes. is a crappy client to you. Yeah. Yes. They don't know how that person actually treats a blue collar worker. Right. I've heard oh, I've heard horror stories. So, <laughs> so word of mouth is, yes, it's great. But but if you have a GMB page and you, and someone finds you that just doesn't know where to start and they have money and they bring it on, have gone, they've looked through a bunch of people and like, I'm actually calling you because of these reviews. Let's just do this. That's awesome. Like there's no history. People, right. There's no, you know, perception in their mind about who you are or how you are. And, and I've known people that have hit up like three or four people with five star reviews. They meet every single one. And clearly they're all going to do great work, but then they choose the one who they're most comfortable with just, you know, on a personal level, you know, it is so a, per- it's like, it's a there's that. It comes down to personality a lot of time. And, and uh, especially in small towns where we, you know, a lot of us have the same subcontractors or companies aren't that different. It's just who, who's doing the, who's doing the books and who's signing the checks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I I've had some great clients because of my GMB page and they're repeat clients. And I say, I don't do remodels anymore, but if one of them calls, I'm probably going to do what they want me to do because okay. they're just going to say, Mike. Yeah. Okay. I know. I, <laughs> yeah. did a, I know. I said no more kitchens and baths and, <laughs> and a client called like a year after that. She's like, I'm ready to do my kitchen, you know, cause she was going to do her kitchen like four years before. And I was like, I don't do kitchens anymore. And she was like, long pause. Mike, <laughs> you're, you're like, okay, you're not yeah. going to make me find another contractor. And I was like, okay, do it. So, <clears throat> okay. Um, where are we at? What about just leadership in general? What about leading your clients? Um, I, I guess like it's just it, go, it boils down to being transparent. Um, I, I did the same thing with all of my, 
you know, staff members at, at UCI. It's like just being transparent with them, whether it was crappy or whether it was positive. You know, um, if if I didn't have the budget to run a specific program, I would tell them, hey, straight up, like this is the fact. Um, I want to, you know, pay you for this project or this job or whatever, but I just, I, you know, it's not in the budget at UCI. I'm sorry, you know. Um, and they knew it wasn't a personal thing. It wasn't an attack on them. I wasn't like not giving them hours, you know, so it's, it kind of transcends into working with clients as well. You know what? Um, I've had crappy things happen on the job. Like one of my um, clients, like the garage door opener just like broke and the guy had to come fix it. He's like, yeah, these things break all the time. It's nothing you did. Um, it was like on its last legs anyway. Um, so, you know, I was completely transparent with her about that whole situation. And I said, you know, what? It, because it happened on my watch, I'm going to cover it, even though like, and I showed her the text messages, like this guy said, like it had nothing to do with anything that we did, but, um, she's like, no, I appreciate that. And then she ended up going in halfway with me. So it's like, I ate that, you know, it sucked, but I was completely transparent with her. And I think she appreciated that. And so I think just leading them in, in those ways, but, um, just being honest and, they all kind of go hand in hand, really. Yeah, I don't know if I that's agree. what you're looking for, but yeah, well, <clears throat> looking for anything, looking for perspective, <laughs> because life is all about perspective. Yeah, I think if if you, in terms of leadership, like if you're if you're putting good out, you're gonna get good back. You know, whether that's with clients treating you right, um, you know, being good clients, and in general, you know, not being these psycho. I've heard some like horror stories and it's like, wow, people do that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm sure you do. Let's hear it. No, no? I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> You're still emotionally scarred. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm PTSD from that one. So well, are, so are speaking, some of my subs. I'm sure. Well, speaking of uh, PTSD leading into that, I think like, you know, the, the true, um, you know, show of like good leadership is like, what is it? Um, Aristotle, know thyself. I, I may have mis, uh, misquoted the person, but either way, you know, like you really have to know who you are and, and what makes you tick and getting down into the nitty gritty. Because if you don't know how you're going to function in a high stress situation, whether with, you know, a client or in just a crappy situation that goes awry, um, that that's going to hurt you. Um, you know, I've been in those situations before, not on this job, particularly like in this industry, but just where things didn't go how I expected and I maybe didn't, um, respond in like the best way. Um, so, you know, it's like, there's therapy for that, which I use, uh, heavily from time to time. And, and there's, um, coaches, you know, I have coaches to help me be a better leader, you know, not just like, you're probably thinking fitness coach, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, there, I have had fitness coaches as a coach myself, but, um, you know, just switching careers, I hired a coach to figure out like, what the heck am I doing? You know, mm -hmm. like what's, what's important to me. And she helped me identify my values, kind of making that switch because I was a really solid leader at UCI. I still have um, colleagues and, and um, staff members that come to me and they say like, you're the best boss I've ever had. Like, I wish I could work for you again. Like just out of nowhere, out of the blue, I have students and um, you know, trainers that contact me for a reference all the time. And I just had one actually last month, he got a job at UCLA and he was like, I would never have gotten this job if it weren't for you. And it's like, that's crap. He would have gotten it because he's a phenomenal guy. But like at the end of the day, like people need your support, you know? So my, my goal was always to support people 
in whatever ways I could, you know, and, and that still is true with clients, you know, I'm supporting their needs, their goals, whether it aligns with my goals or what I want out of the situation, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve and lift people up and help them and make their dreams come true. So whatever I have to do to get that done is what my goal is. I like it. And when that guy told you that he couldn't have done without you, I mean, you're his mentor. That's, that's a big deal. You got to take that compliment. It's so hard to, I'm like you, like we've had this talk, like it's hard to take compliments, you know, because I, I just feel like I didn't do anything special. You know, I didn't do anything that warranted a, a thanks, you know, it's like I, I, that's my duty. My duty is to serve, you know. I think a lot of that just comes down to being who you are. And, you know, you said <clears throat> um, being prepared to deal with the hard situations and and that boils down to just being your genuine self and re responding True. honestly. And yeah. I mean, most responses need some time <laughs> be between from what happened to, to your reaction, but definitely, but that comes with experience too, is, is, is that measured response to situations. That, that's why having a sounding board at home, like, okay, I really want to say this, <laughs> but what should I say instead? You know, that that's super helpful as well. My wife is very diplomatic. I am not. <laughs> well, good. You, she's, she's the yin to your yang. She is absolutely in 100%. And for people out there listening, how much did just like a, a life coach cost? So, um, again, came back to a colleague that I had, um, you know, in fitness, she was in fitness, I was in fitness, and then we kind of both branched off and I went into whatever, you know, I'm doing now. And she's an NLP coach, a neuro linguistic programming coach. Um, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, basically, um, you know, we kind of did us, we didn't do a trade, like I paid her, but then turns out she was building a tiny home in Colorado where she lives and she needed my help. So it kind of came back full circle, but um, it was a hundred bucks. I paid her a hundred bucks to kind of spend an hour with me and identify, you know, we, we came up with the fact that like, you know, sometimes you're too close to the problem at hand, you know? So it's like, you, you need a different perspective. You need that sounding board. You need someone else to kind of bring things to light, to show you like what's actually important to you. And you're like, oh yeah, duh. Like, so for me, it was like, I want a job. Like, I didn't know I was going to go into contracting, but I just told her, um, and she actually kind of helped identify these things that she's like, it sounds like you want freedom and autonomy in your career. You want to, you know, have the ability to be creative in what you're doing and you want to get paid what you're worth. And I was like, yes, absolutely. That's what I've been saying. She's like, okay, those are your three values. So she's like, whatever you do from here on out, it has to fit those three values. So the only thing that made sense when she helped me identify that was, oh, I need to be my own boss. I need to be building yeah. stuff, you know? <laughs> And it was like this aha moment. And it was so cool. And so it was such a freeing experience. And I don't know, it, it wasn't a, a huge cost. You know, it was like, it was, a no, that was the buddy cost. rate. That was the buddy rate. Well, yeah, absolutely. But, but even still, <clears throat> I've paid people $300 an hour just to, you know, walk me through something, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I have a couple different mentors actually who their going rate is $300 an hour. And it's like, I like, even if I didn't have the money, I gladly coughed up that money because I was like, 
I'm making an investment in myself right now that's going to pay dividends in the future and I'm going to make that money back. So it's no worries, you know? Okay. Let's completely switch it up now. Okay. Some, some like fun, random questions. Sweet. Um, what was the weirdest expectation that you were given as a child? <laughs> this is so out of left field. I was not prepared for this. Okay, wait, repeat the question again. The <laughs> what, was the what was the weirdest expectation that you were given as a child? Oh, maybe to be good at math. Mm. My mom's a teacher, a school teacher, and, you know, she taught third grade for years. And, and like, it was just shoved down my throat. And I freaking hated math. Like, no matter what I did, I felt like I always sucked at it until, you know, I get to, to my job now, it's like, if someone would have just given me a tape measure, I would have figured out fractions in a hot second, you know, but that I would say that was a weird expectation. It's like, I'm just not good at that unless I was visually learning and doing with my hands. So it is weird that they don't teach you more practical stuff about math as yeah. kids. It I, makes no sense. Like now Pythagorean theorem. I'm like, oh yeah, Pythagorean theorem. Right. But, but they didn't tell me it was a roof pitch when I was a kid. Well, and let's be honest, would you have even cared as a kid that it was a roof pitch unless you were actually building it yourself as a child? I would have you remembered. Know, like, I would have remembered. True, no, you know, true. There's, there's definitely, Absolutely. there's definitely impressions that would have been made, but. I think unless you were doing it hands-on and like they were physically built, like going through a lab with you where you had to build a roof pitch out of like, let's say like straws or something or sticks or, you know, whatever model type thing, it may not have stuck with you, but, but you're right. You know, it definitely, they need to apply it to something physical in the physical world. Uh, my mom was a teacher too. Oh really? What, like yeah. what uh, grade or era? Uh, I believe okay. it was high school English. But then when she had kids, she actually moved to the nursery school so she could just have us. So that's so why she, you have so, vocabulary. Uh, and I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was, she, she like made me read. You have a unique vocabulary. Let me put it that way. Like you use some words and it's like, oh, I, I got to either look that up or I, I know what that means, but I haven't used that word in a really hmm. long time. <laughs> um, so what was your favorite childhood toy? These are new questions I've never asked, but this is, this, a good is one. this is absolutely great though, because I wanted to touch on this and it didn't come up yet, hmm. but I played with Legos and connects my entire childhood. And that like they say, like, if you want to know what you're going to be good at or what you should do as an adult, look back to the things that you did as a child that like you just did out of play, like that brought you joy and, and you had fun doing. And I would build like the coolest things. I, I built like this little like cart, like this rolling cart for my parakeet to sit on. And I'd like roll him around the house, you know? So it was like, that's, that's what I'm doing now is I'm just building stuff on like a different scale and like creative, cool things. So that was a great question. Actually, it really prepped me for success and what I'm doing now building all those Legos and connects connects. I think came out just as I was leaving Legos behind. I'm sure. Like, yeah. It was not your era. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what they are, but, but, I, but I do remember the, I do remember it coming out. Yeah. yeah. So that'd be somewhere in the eighties or like 1985 <laughs> or 1986. That's exactly when. 
Okay. So, um, what book are you reading? Um, I literally, okay. I just finished, um, uh, true North emerging leaders because Michael Anshel sent it to me. Uh, little did he know, I know you're rolling your eyes. <laughs> it's a, it's a sore subject for you. <laughs> Tell the audience what happened about that. I reserve, <laughs> I reserve rolling my eyes for very specific situations because it, 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 it shows contempt. <laughs> so, so I try not to do it. I try not to do it very often. I'll let you guys hash that out. But he okay. also he also sent me a follow up book called Exuberance, which I have not started yet, mm. uh, which I I'm absolutely stoked to read. But um, okay, so secondly, the other book that I recently read on the way out to Vegas for IBS was Profit First, uh, which John Hilgenberg talked about, and mm. it was like a game changer. I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense, and it's um it's really been like a pivotal point. So you know, just for the business side of things for me, because again, that's not my strong suit. So two um, books. And can and I add in a third? Yeah. Why, why not? Right. Okay. The book that started me on this journey of like, Hmm, maybe I should be my own boss. Like maybe I should be an entrepreneur of some sort. Um, it, it got me open to the idea that like entrepreneurship is not scary and bad and, you know, whatever weird perceptions I had about it um, was the e-myth and it, it, mm. it's just basically like the entrepreneurial myth. That's what it's, it's short for, but yep. it, that was yep. a phenomenal book to kind of get my mind going in that direction. And it still took me, God, four to five years to actually, you know, make the switch, but it started me on that trajectory. I need to go back and reread that. It's been, it's been a while. It was great. It was that's, a great a, read. That, that's definitely a book worth rereading. Yes, absolutely. And especially now to reread it, I, I got to jump on that and, you know, it's like I, I've only got so many hours in the day, but you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I do like you value these questions. Most? What do you value most? In others, in myself, in life. You're, you're, it's open to interpretation. I think um, authenticity is is very important to me, mm. um, and and in the sense of like, like being authentic to yourself, like, and that, like for me personally, and it's just because it's like such a new thing was like following my joy of, of doing what makes me happy, you know, because when you're um, authentic, you're doing what makes you happy. Um, you have joy in your life. You are nice to be around people like you, you know, um, my, you know, not like my wife and I had like problems, but like when I was, you know, unhappy in my job, you know, it, it, definitely affects you as a, as a couple, you know, as a relationship. And so, um, it, you know, it's like, whether you, you want it to or not, it, it bleeds into that, you know? So I think just, yeah, authenticity, big time. I value that probably the most out of everything. Okay. Speaking of Michael Anchel, he and I were just, I called him for a five minute phone call the other day and an hour and a half later we hung up, but <laughs> that's always um, the way, but he was talking about, that at some point in his career, he realized that he had to include his wife in his daily or, mm -hmm. or he would have no bearing, you know, he loses bearing on, on things. And, and it was really interesting. I mean, he probably maybe he doesn't care if I talk about that, but um, 
that balance coming home while you're it, it's a challenge because you're just constantly problem solving and maybe your partner's not like you and you're just you're juggling and you're just like your mind's you can't stop you're like you're problem solving in your sleep you wake up with yeah. new ideas and your partner's like oh my like chill out yeah, she like sometimes I'll like not sleep and she's like, Were you on a creative bender? I'm like, yeah, I was. <laughs> and you know, she she doesn't sleep, you know, sometimes because she has a, a difficult job. But you know, honestly, that's probably been the best thing for us is just having each other's back. You know, it's like you you have to have some person to vent. And and a lot of people are kind of doing this now. It's becoming popular. I've seen it on like social media. It's like, okay like the other person or partner, or like it could be a friend or a family member. It's like, okay, you're talking and you're telling me these things. Do you need solutions or you, or do you just need to be heard? You know, do you just need someone to listen? Um, so like sometimes, yeah, I, I do need to know, like, how do I approach this situation? Give me ideas, you know? And other times I'm like, I just need to get this off my chest. You know, I just need to talk this through and, and not have you say anything, you know, not give, not try and fix it. So I think um, it goes, it goes both ways. It has to, it has to happen or else you you bottle that stuff up inside, you know, and it, and then you're up at night, you know? So. And I'll throw this in from my own personal experience as contractors and problem solvers, we try to solve other people's problems instantly. So mm -hmm. when you're out there and your partner's trying to tell you something, don't just try to solve the problem <laughs> no. right away. Cause that's not what they're looking for. Not, not usually. Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Exactly. And you're like, oh, then you should do this. And okay. So it's, who's it's your hard to listen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's hard to listen. Uh, who, who's your mentor? I have a few for different reasons. Um, I have my my grad school advisor, Dr. Brown. I mean, he's gonna like he's the OG, you know, he's he's always mm -hmm. gonna be someone I go to. Um, and he, you know, he's the very first person that taught me like you have to give a crap about people, you have to care, you know. Um, and that's felt, you know, 100%. And then my second mentor was uh, my longtime um, boss uh, at UCI, Mike, just the best guy. Like he was like a second dad to me, you know, and just taught me all the things of like how to navigate uncertainty, how to navigate the bureaucracy and, and just to be like a really good person, you know, like not that I needed to be taught how to be a good person, but, you know, when someone else is modeling that through tough times, it's, it's nice to see that. Um, and then most recently, um, you know, I, I would point to, you know, you, Michael Anshell and, um, and John Hilgenberg, actually, I keep mentioning him, but <clears throat> I've actually connected with him a lot over the last uh, probably month or so, just because I really see like cool things that he's doing and um, he's open to help, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm like, for better or for worse, whether you guys like it or not, I'm going to attach myself to people that I see being successful and doing good things because I think, you know, it's, I mean, selfishly, it's going to help me, you know, and, and maybe that's not a selfish thing, but um, you, I think it, it's important to identify people that are doing good things and, and either model that or learn from it. Absolutely. And, and I think egos get in the way of that. Like people can put themselves in a situation where they're unwilling to learn because they don't want to make it seem like they're relying on someone else too much. I think and, that's more of a dude thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I believe. I, I no. I, I I agree. Yeah, it's a dude thing. 
Where the, this, the, it's mostly dudes listening, so. That's true. Well, I, if I could, going along with that piece, I think for the dudes, like, get your ego in check. And, and I've, I've, you know, had to battle with that too here and there, but probably not as much. Um, but then the on the other flip of the coin, for females out there, do be more like a dude. Because in the sense of, like, you know, a lot of women will forego opportunities or like not do something because they think like, oh, I'm, I'm not ready yet. Like, I, I don't, I'm not really capable of doing that. And it's like, no one's capable. No one knows how to do this stuff until you just start doing it. You know, you just got to jump in sometimes, like whether you're prepared or not and just do it. 100%. And guys um, are really good at doing that. So. Yeah. We're. Is that called recklessness? Um, okay. No, no. Um, <clears throat> what could you care less about today that you were very passionate about when you were younger? Um, definitely like working out every day and like lifting super heavy all the time. I mean, now I'm just lifting and working out for longevity. I'm not lifting and working out for performance or hitting numbers or any of that stuff, or really even for aesthetics at this point, you know, you mentioned a figure uh, competition that I did. God, it was probably like 20 years ago now. It's not quite, mm. but like 19, 20 or, you know, something like that. It doesn't matter when it was, but it felt like a lifetime ago. And that was super important to me at the time, but I, it's not important to me now. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't know what extent you were involved in competition. You mentioned it to me, and I wrote it down. Yeah, and that's I a great memory. Um, so. I mean, it is a part of my identity because I, I went through that. And it's, it, you know, I think um, anyone who spends that much time on, like, their body <laughs> and, like, sculpting it, like, they like you have to, it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication. So if you can be dedicated in, in that, and, and I was, I just kind of shifted that dedication to other things. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, at what age will you retire? Never. <laughs> my, uh -oh. my wife and I, no, my wife and I joke, like she's going to retire like at like 45 or 50 because she can, you know, and then I'm just like, she's going to just watch me spinning the wheels doing like never sitting still because I just can't, you know, like I'm always, I've, I've never been bored in my entire life. Like, mm. I, I'm sure you're the same way. Like, it's like, I will always find something to do to keep myself busy. And, and it's not like to keep myself busy. Like, I just am intrigued and excited about a lot of things and I can't help it. Yeah. And the to-do list is endless. Endless. Always. It'll be endless until I'm a hundred. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I've probably talked about this before, but I, I used to think I was, I was like, oh, I'm going to retire when I'm 50 or 55. But I didn't really know what retirement looked like. And now I go, well, I'm never going to stop. Right. Like, I always want to, I always want to be building a house. I always want to be doing something. My, my, my mind just goes sour if I'm still too long. Like I, I'm, I, I, I've been kind of sick this week and I've had to slow down. And I've had to like sleep more and, and it, it's, it's interfering with what I want to get done. It's, and it's kind of pissing me off. Like you were saying when you're injured with your knee, like just sitting yeah. and not being able to do anything. It's like, man, madness, madness. Yeah. Yeah. I really identified with, uh, with John Hilgenberg on that. 
uh, when he was talking about, you know, like he was in so much pain and then like can't do anything for months. Right. That, that was, th those are tough times. So yeah, I don't want to be retired and in pain and not doing anything. I right. want to live my life. And that's the thing, like uh, not to go back to this because we've already kind of covered it, but like staying fit and having that like longevity of, of your career is important because you're not going to be doing this forever. So when you retire or if you retire, or if you just decide to do other things, you want to be healthy and viable to be able to do those things. So, yeah. you know, I, I see these guys that are just absolutely crushed. I mean, they're just falling apart and it's like, dude, you still got a good 30 years ahead of you. And those, those years are going to be in lots of pain, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, not. To and, the, and you guys are listening. This is non-judgmental. It's just, it's just for me, it's hindsight. And for you, it's just your experience that that you already had in that world of 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 health, of right. of, of self care. And yeah, I just think it should be normal for people to for for tradespeople to want to to take care of themselves. For sure, I, mean, didn't, I didn't always. Well, a lot of people don't, and and like you said, there's no judgment to it. It's just a, more mm -hmm. of coming from a fact of like. I want you to be better than, than like being in pain, you know, like that's no way to live. So no judgment, but if you are in pain, let me know, DM me, I'll help you. What question would you ask someone coming on to my show? Um, in what ways do you offer positive mentorship to other people? Boom. Home run. Okay. What's your favorite tool? I knew this Here was coming are. and I'm freezing up. Oh my gosh. Okay. What do I say? <laughs> you didn't prepare? <laughs> no, I did. Oh, I did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> favorite tool by far is the Makita Tracksaw. Mm. Um, most useful tool? Multi-tool. Where have you been on my life tool? Uh... 23 gauge pin nailer mm. just recently got that. And I was like, wow, I really like this. Yeah. Little glue on your miters. Yep. Just shoot mm. it in. Mm. Mm. I'm digging it. I like it. Um, wow. You got right through those. Th that can be a challenging one. Did you listen to the Euler's? They like named categories. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> I just, they, listened they, it was, I was like, dudes. And then he's going into the computer and like software. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude, but you, was, you can tell he's so analytical, you know, yeah. it was kind of cool. Yeah. I, I love following Brian's stuff. He's amazing. I, guys. I love the way his mind works. Um, best job site snacks. Okay, so recently I've really been digging these, uh, basically like a fruit roll-up, but not a roll. It's just like a fruit stick. <laughs> it yeah. sounds so gross. But like I need things that I can eat quickly and not have to touch with my dirty hands, you know, that's like in a wrapper and just, you know, quick on the go. So um, that's usually my go-to is some sort of like granola bar, some sort of like fruit snack thingy, you know, organic, all the things. Um, I forget what they're called, but like three, like um, Janine, the concrete diva, she was like, I posted about it. She's like, oh, I love those things. And she told me where to find them at like a specific Costco because we live in the same mm. city. So yeah. went and sure enough, they had them. So yeah, those are, those are, oh, and smoothies. Like any client who ever gives me like a green smoothie or any smoothie for that matter, doesn't have to have like spinach in it or anything. 
I am like forever indebted to them because I'm like, I needed this so bad. I needed the sustenance and I needed the hydration. And I just was like too stubborn to stop working. And it's like just a blessing. Like whenever, whenever clients bring me smoothies, I'm like, you are my favorite. I am a smoothie fan because Same. you can put so much, you can balance that thing out and dial it in and it oh. provides so much. It's amazing. And hydration. Cause and it, it started, it's good. hard to stay hydrated. Yep. And drinking water is boring. I, I know. <laughs> boring. So, um, you are the fourth woman from LA, from the LA area. Really? I've had on this, yeah. Well, Rachel? I, yeah. Actually, yeah. Janine. Who else? Oh, Naya. Naya and yourself. Yes. There's something about LA. Maybe the, maybe the podcast theme song should be LA Woman. Or, yes, for for the month of like Women's History Month or something like that. Um, okay, this is the point in the podcast where you tell your friends to help grow this grassroots, independently recorded and produced podcast by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser if they're Androids, or smash that five star review on Spotify. This is when you tell them to do that. Listen, if you all are not smashing that five star review. I don't even want to be friends at this point. Like you have, you have to go do this. You got to go do this. It's important for our friendship. Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to today? Yes. Um, My wife. I mean, that's just the most, the very first person that comes to my mind, everything she's done for us, for our family, um, just to, to ensure my happiness, you know, and, and making sure that I can create my own happiness doing this. I am very indebted to her, but she would do it. Um, no questions asked. So very cool. if, if, if you find someone in your life that, um, you know, supports you unconditionally, never let go. And what, would be one piece of advice or inspiration you'd have for someone who's thinking about bailing on their career that's driving them insane <laughs> and going into trades and contracting and or contracting? Um, I would just speak from my own uh, personal experience that you really mm-hmm. can't put a price tag on your happiness. You can't put um, a salary to your happiness. And so if, if that's your concern, if, if the money is driving you, um, it's probably not for the right reasons. Um, not always, but I would say follow your joy instead of the money. I agree. The 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 freedom you'll eventually obtain is is something I can't live without now. Yeah. There will be some hard months stacked on top of each other at times. <laughs> yes. You will work crazy hours but at the end and you will question yourself but having a good solid team behind you is um yeah it's the way to go well when you doubt yourself now you can listen to the contracting handbook podcast and realize that we're all going through the same stuff all the time yeah if someone tells you they have it all figured out they're probably full of you know you know what you know it We're, we're all figuring it all out as we go so Callie, thank you so much for joining me today. Mike, the pleasure was all mine.
Okay, we forgot to do we forgot to do best job site jams. Yes. So best, so hit hit me. Best, okay, best job site jams. It's I feel weird saying this. You know, it's like a vulnerable situation to like just <laughs> divulge your musical tastes. But okay, so number one is folk. Um, there's a uh, like camp. Um, Lord Huron. There's some Fleetwood Mac mixed in there. Not they're not necessarily folk, but you know, it's like there's that playlist, and then there's like the reggae and surf jams and um, and then there's like the classics, you know, so those are like my top three. Hmm. All right. Uh, what's your favorite song? Oh, my gosh. Um, Mariella by Leon Bridges. Hmm. I dig Leon. I, I, I started listening to him during the during the pandemic. He had like a, an album that came out that was just like pure fire. So I've been hooked yeah. on it ever since. Hmm. I'm going to listen to that today. You should. Yes, I didn't this say is... the F word once. I know. I know, I know. It took us a while to get here, but check it out. In episode 109, there's a call to action. And what I want is you guys to tell me your story. Tell me the moment or the event that pushed you that you knew you'd be in the trades, that you knew you were destined to be in the trades. So here's the plan. You guys send me your stories, whether they're written or oral. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can get it to me. You can leave it in a review like Kevin Choquette did from Raven Builders. You can send it to me directly from a contact page on my website at thecontractinghandbook.com like Stephen Smith did. You can email me at the at info at the contracting handbook podcast like Jasper Lyles did from Proficient Builders. Or you can send me a video like Crystal Brooks did. Just make one in your phone and then email it to me. Simple. As far as an oral goes, just make a voice memo on your phone and email it to me. Name, uh, where you live, your company name, whatever you want, and your story, of course. Ultimately, what I'd like to do is I'll read your stories if you write them with your name, all, all, that, all the details, or... I'll put together pods with a mix of you guys talking or me reading. This is a budding idea, but it could be a whole series of podcasts with you guys talking, with a broad swath of the construction community talking. Tell your friends about this. Share it on Instagram. Share that episode 109 album art. It has the question in it. I'll tell you what. I got four stories so far in just a couple days. If I get 100... That'd be amazing. If I get 200, that'd be incredible. Send me your stories. The ones I've already gotten, they could inspire anyone to just say, you know what? I'm doing this. And what's more, we can show the rest of the world how much respect we have for each other and the skills we have. It's a long haul. I'm going to be accepting these things until mid-April, end of April. But if you are a procrastinator, yours is due tomorrow. I absolutely cannot do this without you. Tell me your stories. Let's make history together. Oh, yeah. One more option. If you're going to JLC Live, you can come to the Diamondback Tool Belts booth where I'll be hanging out and I will record your story in person. You can shout anyone out. You can say your business name. You can do whatever you want, but I want to hear your story. And if it's a good one, I might even give you a contracting handbook podcast sticker. 
Okay, you guys, bump this up to the top of your priority list and go ahead and share this podcast on your favorite social media and tag Callie and I. All right, this is your buddy Mike, the end of the road, signing off. That's all I got. Later. Later.